0: Welcome everyone to Your Agents of Shield Podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official unofficial voice of the Marvel cinematic community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello Pete. Is this a secret time?
1: The Agents of Shield Podcast by Fantastic Geek for the series finale episodes 712 The End is at Hand and 713 What We're Fighting For is brought to you by you seven seasons 136 episodes all fans
0: and though we have a season podcast wrap next week and a series wrap the week after that i know that sometimes listenership does go down after the last episode of a season or a series goodbyes can hurt and if like the agents of shield our paths are beginning to diverge we thank you for the shared fandom Of course, our Shield Road does continue for the next two weeks, and the Fantastic Geek Journey remains evergreen with weekly, on-time, level 10 adventures ahead.
1: And Matt, I can think of no more fulfilling adventure as we get ready to break down the finale here than our agents of Zoom on Wednesday night, the hour before we got down to the end
0: of this show. Yeah, it was super fun seeing all those faces who showed up. Uh, In some cases, faces that we've seen before, hung out with. I think, uh, you know, hanging out with Jamie at New York Comic Con. Uh, We certainly have corresponded a whole bunch with Dr. Bob there, JT Atkins, uh, Robert T. Frost, Greg Gear. Yeah, so many. Just a a who's who. It was. It was funny because in some cases it's like, oh, I've seen that face from the Twitter (laughs) profile, but I didn't. It was name and face, and it was really, really so, so wonderful. We absolutely are going to do a Fantastic Geek Zoom again Uh, at some point. It was just, I I, I don't know, it it was a celebration of the joy the listeners have given us for all these years, Uh, whether it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or other things. It really, really was just, it was a wonderful way to start to say goodbye to the mothership of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely. Speaking of goodbye,
1: Matt, as the series that was wrapped you know, in terms of production a year ago, um, this time, uh, as they're putting a bow on things here, the finale having aired now, all the all the secrets known interviews are out in terms of what they thought, the decisions they were making. There's the table read video that has uh, emerged via the official Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, Twitter account certainly talking about those decisions, you know there are people who are very high on the finale, there are people who are in between there are people who are low on it and certainly we're going to hear from uh, all ends of the spectrum uh, when we get to decrypted transmissions a little later on, but just a reminder here again that we'll give you uh, the season seven wrap next week we will do the series Saturday, August 29th. So get your uh, comments in for
0: both. But that's not all we do around here. Indeed, Pete. The Star Trek Lower Decks podcast that we're doing is going to be continuing uh, on Sundays for this month. Uh, certainly looking ahead to Star Trek Discovery returning in October. Maybe some Mandalorian news before too long. I think we're we're still tentatively expecting Mandalorian in October, if not November, so lots of uh, lots of Oh, it's of diff-
1: definitively October. That's
0: that's the case.
1: We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get some content, trailer images, very very shortly.
0: Well, you know, when one door closes, other doors open up. But uh, of course, the doors still open on these two episodes of Shield. <laughs>
1: when we catch you up on what went down for the final time the teaser chronicom space lasers lay waste to shield bases across the globe as the quinjet carrying daisy mac and susa sneaks ever closer they managed to dock during the deluge before a Chronicom vessel locks onto the Zephyr One with a tractor beam and pulls them into a cavernous hangar as we go to the title card. Daisy, Mac, and Sousa brace before entering the Zephyr for a sweep that comes up empty.
0: Yes, they're waiting for the baddies to attack. Maybe the baddies are waiting for them to attack. Uh, ultimately they're they're sneaking around there on zephyr one the quiet search uh, giving them nada zippo zilch uh, in the chronicom ship proper it's all round halls and round lights pete it's the future we have lights in the halls it's the future uh, team malik is being brought in and they have one more chance to to give up fits uh, deke doesn't seem ready to talk though hollow Sybil has a precise way of getting information. She's also physically on the bridge wearing a space age polymer face. What a triumph, says Malik in that sneering tone, uh, with all of S.H.I.E.L.D. destroyed except for the lighthouse, which apparently would hold up to, you know, intergalactic space laser. I somewhat doubt that, but I will concede the suspension of disbelief in this, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. two hour finale.
1: Yes, in the meantime, here, Simmons has been injected by a hunter. With a device that Sybil explains will dissolve the Diana implant.
0: And we also kind of get the reminder that Simmons has definitely forgotten Fitz. Uh, Malik, by the way, thinking the Fitz is probably dead. So dire straits here. Uh, at the lighthouse, Coulson, May, and Yo Yo are aware that the other shield bases are down. There's some sort of strange signal coming in. They decide to implement lockdown protocols. Pete, this, this two-hour finale made in the past for the future where they have lockdowns in the beginning and Zoom calls at the end. It's art and life and life and art. Back to the Krona ship. See what I did there? Cora is upset that Malik killed her mother. The same mother that was ready to kill her, she is reminded. And Malik sweet talks her, saying that he's uh, there for her. Then we head back to the lighthouse. Garrett jumping in. He's the big bad wolf, ready to fry up some chicken, you know, with his wall bomb.
1: Yes, after planting that glowing box, act two here, Simmons has a tingle in her head as Deke looks for a way out. But now she knows Fitz's name, at least. Uh, And what follows is Jeff Ward doing a spot-on impression of Ian DeKaseker. It was almost like... He was there
0: the, the the elbow the the whole thing it was really really wonderful pete this is an episode that is aware of the necessity of a little humor to keep things uh broken up both here i'm thinking earlier on when uh, the quinjet uh is flown in and it's you know we're, we'll worry about the next problem when there's the next problem oh wait now we're trapped here it is the next problem things like that anyhow back to simmons though uh she she feels that she has a secret uh we have the story move to team daisy scanning for all the chronicoms but wait there's a warmer two that must be simmons and deke uh they're also able to spot cora and malik uh the team splits up ready to make moves and such but not before susa kisses daisy so good and she kisses back mac is impressed pete with the mackin that's going on
1: wow Colson meanwhile, learns that he don't speak facts. And uh, May, who was channeling uh, Obi-Wan last time we saw her, feeling the destruction of Shildaran, uh, she sees Garrett on the surveillance camera, which Yo-Yo IDs is at the lowest level of the of the lighthouse. They see the device that Colson calls a chronobomb, But he's working on a way to stop Garrett from teleporting.
0: They do, however, need Yo-Yo to help a bit. On that thread, we go back to the Krana ship. Daisy sneaking a boot until Sybil sees her and Mac. You being here is meaningless. That's why it was so improbable. Uh... Yeah, Pete, anytime there's a one in seven chance of something happening, you can just assume it's not going to happen. Uh, 2016. You're lost. Sybil's not sending Malik, and she needs confirmation that Fitz is dead. Daisy and Simmons must reunite. So now we have, interestingly, nice little twist here Sybil and Daisy on the same page, which I did not see coming. Back to Zephyr 1. Mac is so angry at the idea of losing to robots. But don't forget, Zephyr 1 is the way out. Time to blow open those hangar doors. It's just really far and really difficult.
1: Yeah, great uh, shot of the camera behind the missile as it uh, whirls around. And then the shot and the two missiles have no effect.
0: I know that the model, the digital model for the chronoships are, the ships are meant to be a mile long. Obviously, in the world of the computer. but i had I had that little tidbit that Mark Colpack had had tweeted out, you know, uh, between last week's episode and these two. And it was just like it was in the back of my head. It's like you're halfway through, let's just say, halfway in the inside here, and you're gonna fire a missile. at something that's half a mile away. Good luck with that. And indeed, it does not quite work. Cora
1: knows Daisy is there, and Malik continues to manipulate her but they're more powerful, two against one. They can't listen to Sybil, and they have to take out Daisy now.
0: Also, a little bit of a, a roadmap to victory here. Destroy S.H.I.E.L.D., and Malik and company can run the planet. Uh, and, of course, you know, to do that, you need to take Daisy out. Back to the lighthouse, Colson sprays an X on the ground. Honestly, Pete, my first thought was that we were back to the Techno-magical uh, spray paint as used in the beginning right. of last season, um, which was always a really cool affect. Um, there's some mushy stuff, and Coulson likes what he's seeing from May, uh, and he likes himself. Then, whoosh, there's Garrett. He's sure that there's no problem, but Yo-Yo gets the containment chain thing on him. Uh, he's trapped. Ow, that hurts. Uh, also, we have the little issue of 12 bombs in the place about to blow yikes he calls malik please give me 10 more minutes uh or, or i'm gonna get blown up too malik thanks him for his service pushes the button and we hear an explosion to end the act the comedic chops
1: shown off by james paxton in these last couple episodes here you know, the, the pilot season having been abridged like everything else, you just hope that this guy catches on and gets a regular role someplace.
0: Yeah. I mean, young man, 26 years old, not a huge uh, resume, although he has been acting in some capacity for, uh, let's see, in TV for the last five years and actually movies on and off since 2003. So, I mean, he has a, he has a decent enough resume, much more active in the last couple of years. And you hope that, that when everything, when everything dies down, I mean, he's, I think maybe he's not the most dynamic actor ever to be in S.H.I.E.L.D. But you just gonna get this sense, not just because of his pedigree, but you just get this sense. This is somebody who's learning his skill and who's going places.
1: We dig out. After the explosion here, Yo-Yo had moved all the bombs to one place. Garrett is bleeding, and they're not sure they should help him, but he remains the best chance to help their friends in space.
0: So yeah, Coulson says, yes, we will save him. Back to Zephyr 1, they need a bigger bomb for the door. Hmm, but six Chronicoms are there to take the faces of our heroes, um, Mac drops a circle energy bomb thing, knocking down all the baddies. That's an egg in their beer, says Sousa. Uh, I'm assuming that's bad. That sounds bad. Uh
1: no, egg in the beer is actually a good thing. It's like good on top of good.
0: Oh, well, yeah. the, it, it's an egg in the beer for Sousa and Mac then. Um, and would probably eggs and beers probably would be bad for robots but anyhow time to use the Krana weapons to hold zephyr one down until daisy comes with that we cut to daisy who's being ignored by chronic guards that's not creepy we head to the shield hq room ah pete the the minutes dwindling that we will see that you know those yellow safety rails and such there <laughs> um to see the rock breakers office from season five etc uh garrett should make it but now yo-yo is hurt from the rebar although not very hurt we kind of really didn't go anywhere with that um they're trapped down here garrett awakens nathaniel malik is an sob and garrett has the chance to be a white hat uh probably a phrase he got from watching westworld even though timeline wise that well we'll pay that no uh that no matter there Uh, as for the computer noises is there a pattern daisy frees
1: simmons and deke uh simmons asks about her costume is it for protection can she have one um it's as if they wanted daisy to find simmons um but Simmons is having a hard time remembering what time it is and what's secret and what's not. At this time, Sybil announces that the device in Simmons's brain has been dissolved. Oh, and Cora? Yeah, she's resting.
0: On Zephyr 1, Mac and Sousa talk guns. The shotgun shoots electricity now. That's just peachy. They reflect on the word, but Susa is a good man, and this might be the end. But Susa's got an idea. If one robot could be a bomb, you know, back in the earlier part of the season, what could six do? We cut two ship corridors. Simmons knows marriage. Marriage is the key. Joined unstoppable, then they stopped, and they stop and see Cora. Oh, wait, why is Cora there? Says Sybil, having previously ordered that Cora and Malik not be involved so mystery afoot as we end the act
1: hello sister act four and daisy wants to get cora off the ship so they can talk but she didn't tell her about mom and she's angry here cora lets loose with a couple of blasts which daisy quakes away and uh orders deke to get simmons to the zephyr Uh, because they can still change the timeline
0: yes this fight is going to stay here they talk about the merits and demerits of jai ying and daisy won't use her powers to fight cora she didn't have a sister in the original timeline come with me join me in the fight against the emperor we can change the timeline (laughs) Back to the lighthouse, that weird signal, it's a signal for an 084. You know, Pete, the thing that they explored in the second episode of the series and mentioned in the first episode? Now they're doing it in reverse. It could be a person or a weapon. Garrett offers to get the chains off to help, but are there other options We go back to Zephyr 1, Mac, and Sousa wiring up the Chronicoms via the Gravitonium device and the time jump drive, teching the techity-tech-tech. There's footsteps a-coming, but it's Deacon Simmons. Where's Daisy? Sousa's ready to go after her, but he's told to stand down and get duct tape.
1: Cora doesn't think Daisy is bad when Nathaniel and Sybil catch up to her in the hallway and she's let Daisy go. But Nathaniel shoots her and then offers redshirt Kimball a promotion if she locks her up and Sybil needs to consult the time stream again.
0: Lock her up. Oh, my. Zephyr 1 is ready to blow their way out. What did the duct tape do? Lift off time. Uh, Zephyr 1 half cloaks and turns around. Turns out they plan to fire Chronicoms on a bomb. Chronicom bomb? bomb? I don't know. Times two. It works, and Zephyr 1 is out of there uh, in the iconic shield bar/slash former speakeasy. Garrett gets them there, then gets shot in the head. Freeze, says Shadow Folks, to end the act, and rather surprisingly, end uh, young John Garrett's time on the show. Yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow, but, uh, you know, he's made his
1: impression with his time. That fifth. And final act of the first episode starts with hands up here. Yo-Yo says she could disarm them, but May feels that they are scared and confused. These are the people that were sending and reacting to the coded transmission. It's Agent Brandon Gamble from The Hub. And then there's Agent Hand, a young Agent Hand who thinks she's just killed one of her own, but May talks her down that Garrett was a double agent, and they have all these packages. No idea what they're supposed to do with all these 084s. Gamble's grandfather was in the SSR. There's another package here with a 1948 postmark that Yo-Yo finds. Agent Grace Small K.E. had a locked safe in her parents' basement since she was... Uh, since before she was born, and they open all these up. One seems to have been constructed in the 1960s. The other is futuristic, and our group
0: reunites. Indeed, knock-knock at the door. It's Mac and Daisy, hugs all around. Deke's there, too, and Simmons is confused. But Math is her faithful husband. She tinkers with the objects while there's exposition to let the camera not look at her as she builds things. She puts pieces together. Holy matrimony. Uh, Although, Pete, maybe not with the Batman inflection I did there. It's not holy matrimony. It's more holy matrimony. The idea, Pete, of two becoming one. She uh, just knows. Then
1: three becoming one. Matt, are you glad you didn't see those ABC PR stills that showed the
0: child? (sighs) The only thing I saw was of a pregnant Simmons reclining on of bed. I'm glad that for whatever reason, that didn't blow my spoiler mind. I think in part because we've always, since since Deke as grandson was introduced, we've known that Fitzsimmons have a child at some point. Um, but yeah, just w- weird. Now that, now that I better understand what was out there, it's all the more baffling because this, you know, th- this dyad of episodes presents birth of their child and the hiding therein as a top level secret a level 10 if you will
1: there you go um having put all these together here still missing something and in comes beloved character actor bill Cobbs, you know of the bodyguard and demolition man the bus broke down but he's got something here from his friend Enoch or from one of the Koenigs. He can't quite remember what is in the bag, Matt.
0: He's got that final piece of tech, something from Enoch or a Koenig. It seems that Enoch deposited things over the decades. Uh, Once working, this is a key that opens a secret wall and the music is hopeful. What's in there. It's the end or the beginning. Simmons can't remember. She takes the new tech into the new room and it fits right in, but nothing happens. She remembers Coulson presiding over her marriage. She was married. She is married. She uses her wedding ring, the final piece. The machine activates, opening a wormhole in the ceiling. A masked man appears. It's Fitz. He's so happy, but she doesn't remember him. Damn, to end the act.
1: The tag scene to this penultimate episode features Sybil picking up a new statistical anomaly. There's been a massive power drain in New York City at the Shield safe house. There's less than a 22% chance Malik will succeed, but there is a 100% chance this is the last time the Shield
0: team will ever be together. The end is at hand. With that episode 713, the final episode starts. Can they get back to the original timeline? Fitz says yes. Sacrifices were made, but there were countless versions of how this unfolded. This was the best. The key is out there. It's Korra. And Jaying would be nice. Oh, she's dead. Well, Fitz talks about the branch theory, the use of the quantum realm to go back. Coulson is worried about the team here losing everything. They
1: can't abandon these people, he maintains. And uh, Deke says that 1983 New York can help to create a bubble that can expand enough to bring the Chronicom ships back with them. But someone will have to stay behind. Daisy knows this is their last mission together. Uh, Fitz uh, wonders how she knows that. Um, but Simmons explains that Enoch told them before he died, Fitz says that no matter what, this is the last time they are all in the same room together ever. And it's Sousa who volunteers to stay behind the big emotional moment after the kiss before and just perfectly broken up by Jeff Ward's Deke. Of course, pfft, he'll be the one to stay behind. You know, Sousa's become part of the team, and he just wants Daisy to be happy, and he knows that Nana and Bobo have reconnected and that they need to connect so that maybe they can see him again someday.
0: Pete, the redemptive arc. Deke from selfish to selfless, as I've been saying for quite a while here. Uh, that makes him the the best candidate to stay plus he has the smarts danny boy uh he also uh is a rock god in 1983 i think to pete as much as i enjoy deke as a character it's fitting that if we're gonna if in this final episode we're gonna start to split the team up deke should be the first one to go last one in first one out that sort of thing um so no time to argue let's get to it we have a montage on Zephyr One. Pete, there's some building. There's some flying. There's Deke in the speakeasy. He's doing some building and such. Zephyr One approaches the Chrono ships. Deke is ready for the ultimate redemption here. One, two, three. On three. Zephyr One uh, does it by taking all the ships down. And uh, in the bar, the power is out. The 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 remaining shield agents turning to him. So Deke's uh, the new guy in charge now. Yes to end the act
1: act two in the quantum realm Fitz needs to take it slow with Simmons. He's going to tell her a story and she will fill in the blanks here. She had scoliosis as a child she used to spend her nights with her father, looking at the stars at Theta Serpentis, a triple star system known as well by the name Alia. And that's the name we're going to need to lock onto here. We intersplice this with flashbacks of Enoch wearing the other uh, Chronicom skin uh, that happened in Season 6. And then they branch off. They take the Hunter disc to board a Quinjet that's being flown by Piper and Flint. And Enoch has no face at this point and uh simmons explains they need to head back into the jungle by zephyr one yeah you mean to take out izel
0: who would have thought pete that we would be circling back to last season which was a letdown by by the estimation of most shield fans in this episode giving the end of last season uh a surprising boost i won't say a massive boost but a boost nonetheless um they're gonna take that small piece of monolith and uh and get to jump in we have Fitz studying the time stream uh there's the building of designs they spend plenty of time uh, all the time they need since they're making a time machine they took time to live to have happily ever after but of course they couldn't stay away forever uh they jumped back to the moment they left Fitz got in the box to be transported to an alternate timeline Piper and Flint had to protect that box with their lives. There's a kiss. There's a goodbye. And uh, we have Simmons getting the implant. And great montage, new stuff, kind of. It it was an exciting point in the episode to have both the familiar and the new mixed together.
1: Yeah, it really does redeem that sixth season. And we had the mystery at the end, okay, how did they get this tech who are the uh hazmat-ed, suited uh people helping them out here um so to return back to these in between moments uh they go back with uh Simmons here talking about how they'll rescue uh the people at the temple and then the missiles are are on their way in uh you know the the moments of highest intensity from the end of that sixth season. Uh, why would they need to stay so long? They needed to fill uh, the rest of the team in on what they were
0: fighting for. We ultimately head back to Malik. He could have been a hero, but now Sybil needs to step up. No one knows the future anymore. Arg, time to take Cora's power. We hop back to Zephyr One uh, and back having them suit up. We have an act break, and then Zephyr One arriving. The Quinjet sending out those blue-suited folks. Uh, Simmons having this trippy feeling of seeing herself. Uh, they end up back in the temple, helping out, fixing May, fixing Yo-Yo. Uh, in space, Colson is saying, wait for it, wait for it. Uh, the Chronicoms fire at the OG Zephyr One. New timeline Zephyr One swoops in. Uh, that activates the Fitz box, and new Zephyr One lands in the Chrono ship. Um, then the Chronicoms say that they have lost Zephyr One, that being the original one. Sybil thinks that uh, does not think rather that it has been destroyed. These people always beat the odds. Uh, we see the Shield crew breaking into the ship. They fight in a refresh of the uh, season five space fighting pit. Um, which is nice to have that set still around. Sybil catching Coulson. Time to be reassigned. Uh, then we get the start of the Daisy Malik showdown. But Malik, as promised, has Cora's powers to end the act.
1: Act four begins with Yo-Yo punching what I refer to as Sousa, into the lighthouse. Simmons then remembers tearfully what they're fighting for. Before it's back to the Daisy Nathaniel throwdown in the room with the spheres that when we get to the close-up, they don't really look like Major League set dressing.
0: Agree. Uh, Along the way, though, Malik isn't sure how this fight is going to play out. He does cop to uh, snapping Mom's neck uh daisy blasts him he gives as good as uh, as they get they fight they headbutt um but how about that quake punch that he does that's pretty impressive uh kind of concurrent to that we have mac rescuing cora who's uh, who's out for the count Coulson is down with sybil she wants to pull everything Coulson from him kind of you know return him to the chronicom collective i suppose fitz and simmons are in the lighthouse she orders a full attack uh, on the lighthouse, Sybil does. That's what Coulson wanted, her authorization. What's next? The cavalry, says May. So this sense of uh, the sense of great climax and this glimmer of hope here uh, as we return back to the Malik daisy fight, which is just a, a, a glorious fighting moment here. Um, May says that the signal needs to be redirected to Earth, and they need Korra to power it. She's ready to fight for what matters most. She can do it. So again, this sense of the piece is really coming together. At the lighthouse, here come the Chronicom baddies. And the Antennae are in position, almost. May boosts the Chronicom communicator, giving them empathy. Cora fires the signal up. And just as the Chronicoms raid the lighthouse, the signal hits. They receive the broadcast. Malik gets defeated. Chronicom transmission complete. They are friends. They have empathy. Friends as they always have been. So some happiness here, Pete.
1: I really like the empathy as the angle here uh, with the, the cold Chronicoms. We know that they're capable of it. We know that, uh, that Enoch had made these leaps. And it, it really is a good solve to this conflict in the story.
0: Uh, with uh, Daisy just about defeating Malik here um, their fight nonetheless continuing max sees her but the team can't stop for her she has to do her part um, besides Malik could do this all day uh, he says that there's no way to kill him without killing herself uh, she was betting on that she grabs his arm she quakes him massively blowing uh, open the power bubbles. Um, And you'd think there's an act break, but nope. We have Daisy in space, floating dead, question mark. Uh, Zephyr gets her. Her sister warms her. Daisy lives! And uh, this is what they were fighting for, Pete. It's all about family.
1: If I have a criticism of the finale here, it's that they never really even attempt to sell the dramatic idea here that daisy would commit some sort of sacrifice it should have been an act break or it should have been where is she search the wreckage we can't find her beat beat oh wait there she is i mean to blow the thing up and then immediately to see her starting to freeze in the vacuum of space it it just felt like it didn't marinate enough i get it with the time that they had left particularly with where they were going to go in the final segment there uh you really had to expedite it but it, it just didn't feel like they gave it enough space to
0: breathe it feels like one of those things that was written with more space and as the edit came together and you said well we need to do X, Y, Z, we need to do one, two, three. And at a certain point, this is the scene that perhaps not literally chronologically, but this is the scene that got squoze out from more important things in the beginning and more important things in the end where this is, you know, like we had the very short act before you said it was like a three or four minute act, Uh, you know, maybe there would have been an act break here, but as stuff, you know, as other considerations were taken, you had the shorter, act. you know, blah, 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 whatever. Bottom line, though, is she's alive. We head back, planet side to Fitz and Simmons, going to the box. What were Piper and Flint protecting? It was Alia, their baby, their everything. We get a montage of pregnant Simmons. That's when I said, Ah, I saw that accidentally on the social media. We and you see... saw
1: all those scenes earlier, close up, and then the second shots. Oh, when he handed her the tea. She was pregnant when they were watching the the movie, when they were in the cockpit and Fitz is pointing at the star. No, he's got the child on their lap.
0: Indeed. And as Alia has revealed, she says they weren't gone for long at all. And with that, Pete, we take an act break. And that is the end of the ongoing agents of shield timeline.
1: One year later,
0: Indeed, Pete, they're back at the bar. It's Coulson and Daisy and Yo-Yo and May and Fitz and Simmons. Mac is coming, but I like that the core is here first. No disrespect meant at all to Mac, but if he's going to arrive because Turtle Man is always late and it's a classified thing that's going on, I appreciate that they just took a moment for Curtain Call with the seven-season core, then Mac a moment later, who's been there since season two, you know? um yo-yo updates she's chasing an 084 she's a decorated agent uh, piper is regretting her reward Pete the best thing about this scene is that we the audience don't understand the circumstances that they have met under uh and the fact that these things are going on right now she's chasing an 084 right now Mac is dealing with a classified situation right now it's it is great to have one last surprise and I guess the how the characters end up is another surprise as well but it's just great to have this moment of i don't fully understand but i'm drinking from this scene
1: and yet another case you know we had quarantine with yo-yo in the first episode we had the issue of lockdown a couple times this season and matt now our agents are meeting virtually
0: indeed indeed We have uh, May asked how she likes her new profession. She says she hates being exhausted. Uh, The Fitzsimmons' daughter is doing well. Uh, The presents are appreciated. Uh, They also share a letter from Sousa. Things are going well with Sousa and Daisy. Um, He's made for this work, and he's a dork, says Daisy. However, what's next for Coulson? He says he's going to continue to reassess, maybe see the world. Uh, May could use him, Mac too. There's even a spot for him on Zephyr 3, says Daisy. Uh, With that, Yo-Yo has to step away, May too, uh, uh, from the group. Uh, Daisy's starting to lose the signal. That is when it's fully clear that this is a virtual meet.
1: Yeah, and you think about the path that we've taken to get our characters here, and I don't think enough can be said, too, about how they sell you on the year later premise. I mean, Daisy looks noticeably different. May looks as as relaxed as we we've ever seen her. Uh, Colson's always Colson, and that's the nature of who he is now. Um, but to have Mac and Yo-yo who became integral, parts of this team included in on it to have this speakeasy really as a a mainstay set for this seventh season to be used in so many different iterations and now for it to be cemented in the canon of the show as the last place we see them all together physically and that they return to virtually every so often. Sold for us a couple episodes back, Daisy and Mac having that conversation about, you know, I don't want it to be the type of thing where we get together every so often. We're supposed to be in each other's lives, and they really get the best of both worlds.
0: They do, and then we reach the point where the ending truly starts to come. Uh, They reflect on missing deke they reflect on the fact that everyone has died once uh as well uh with that yo-yo has to go she hollows out we see her her fragment of story on a new mission with what i'm assuming is robo davis although maybe there was yeah. other LMD okay davis lmd Cron, davis
1: lmd L- L- davis
0: so we have yo-yo working with lmd davis we have Piper there this was the the, the favor she wanted call in called in Uh, It's time for them to jump into the mission. So thus ends Yo-Yo. We head back to May at the speakeasy. May will be sent some names. Phil, please stop by. May unplugs. And she's headed to class with Flint at Colson Academy.
1: Oh, it's such a great uh, touch there. Uh, He had been called AC earlier in these last two episodes here. AC... CA. It, it's just beautiful symmetry.
0: Then Fitz says he has to leave. The little monkey is punching his leg. Pete, we got the Fitz monkey <laughs> in <that>. some form. <laughs> uh, I mean, just a, a heartwarming moment there. Uh, he leaves uh, and Simmons heads out as well. They're in rainy England, the happy family. Uh, and Pete, though there is much discussion online, Amongst the fandom, etc., about this scene, about how it ends, about how every everybody ends, for, or the core group ends up fractured and apart. Uh, for FitzSimmons, presented to us initially as one, it of course makes sense that the, that everybody ends fractured, or while everybody ends fractured, FitzSimmons end a, a, as a pair, as a family with the the daughter, etc.
1: And Mac on the helicarrier there. With the Fury-style overcoat, I don't think we could ever have thought of a better ending for him. I mean, a lot of people speculated we'd get him and Yo-Yo together. Perhaps they'd have a child of their own. But I, I think you have a thought for us on endings.
0: Yeah, Pete, I think that what we are seeing here uh this the final scene of of marvel television as presented you know i know hellstrom was kind of made as marvel tv but it's not being marketed as such here we see jeff loeb for all his faults and they are he has faults and there seem to be more lately although perhaps he's escaped public ire for 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 some things etc this notion of the end to be continued or the end For now the idea that these characters move on the show is definitively ending our agents of shield as a cohesive bunch working together that much is clear but the fact that each the fact that they're given room to continue to go out there in future you know canonical stories in non-canonical stories in whatever it might be you know like it don't like it whatever it is clearly that was the plan to take with these characters the end for now you mentioned mac and yo-yo i mean they're both working for shield there's it's not to say that when they both get leave time when they're done with their important missions they can't be can't be together happily for for much of the time but but pete take us to when it is just Coulson and daisy in in some way the key the the key pair of the series. I know some would disagree, but I think for Clark Gregg, for Chloe Bennett, this had been the key pair of the series.
1: Yeah, to begin seven years ago, seven seasons ago, with her, the outsider, and he, the resurrected veteran of this organization that she's trying to shake down. And now for her to be somebody who's out doing the missions and he to be the one who gets the case with the button in it takes that with him and then we do the bit with lola but it's a kind of different lola uh we'll hear a little bit more strangely on that later matt um but again it's it's that idea this is the end for now I know there's all this speculation by fans. Oh, they, they're going to do Agents of Sword, or they wanted to do Agents of Sword, or sign the petition here for an eighth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, the show where everybody's gone their different ways. Um, but there's Lola, okay, uh, the, the Transformer uh, idea going on there. Uh, but to to do it to to mix it up, and we end as we began with Agent Colson and he heads off into the horizon. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys one last time, Matt.
0: Yes, yeah, starting with Nathaniel Malik, I uh, Uh, As has been the case the entire time with this character, you know, credit to actor Thomas E. Sullivan, who really has portrayed Malik, you know, as appropriately smarmy. We get here him not even trusting his teammate in Sybil. Uh, One gets the sense that had he just listened to Sybil, then all would have ended up the way he wanted. But no, he had to reach for that brass ring. He had to be a number one. And uh, that hubris cost him in the end.
1: Yeah, his end goal of ruling uh, or freeing Earth never quite went to plan.
0: Uh, We also have on the list, oh, bad guys, Korra, who uh, Pete, I would not have guessed that she would actually be redeemed. But we, of course, see her redeemed, you know, in uh, in the final Daisy scene. There's Korra as well presumed agents of sword definitely out there in space and um i guess this notion you know this notion of sisterhood and family and redemption
1: yeah to have the sister still around after the mother dies too much loss for daisy to uh to have her killed um Again, the, this idea of the end for now—that she's come around. What do their adventures look like? Uh, Sousa now in the fold. The three of them off together. We're left to speculate.
0: We also, of course, have uh, Sybil, who almost—you know—almost got away with it. Almost was able to to guarantee victory. A bit of a thankless role in that, as chief chronicom, as the wisest of all chronicom's. She's also emotionless, so I feel, you know, it must have been a tough challenge for the actor, but certainly, you know, Sybil coming, oh, that close, she just didn't factor in the, the uncalculable, the, the impossible things done by Malik.
1: Sybil's presence throughout this season is an interesting one. It, it's funny, you know, we had longer seasons in which there was one big bad You know, you think of Ada maybe being the best or Ward or those types of threats. And to shift it around to a couple here, uh, Sybil being the most consistent face of the Chronicoms, uh, trying to make all these predictions, then having to resurrect her forces and sending a signal back for uh you know uh reserves to show up and never quite being able to figure it all out and uh gets an ignominious demise
0: we end kind of how we began with john garrett as the baddie now of course bill paxton's time on the show not uh, not in the first half of season one but garrett being the first great villain of the series the first villain to kind of capture you know kind of a real multi-episode arc a real kind of ongoing threat what the show became started with the presence of bill paxton Uh, and here james paxton also finding some good in the end the notion of redemption for garrett i think something that that resonated with us and the connection father son bill paxton having passed away and all that some points off for the show for killing him off so so quickly i know it was uh perhaps done by the hand of victoria hand who he would off so it's kind of some weird uh weird quasi revenge of the universe if not from this version of hand and so on and so forth but um redeemed and then quickly taken out of the story
1: yeah the guy who became the clairvoyant couldn't see that one coming could he Welcome to level 7. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, what is next for our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Will that petition lead to an 8th additional season?
0: First of all, Pete, is there genuinely a petition trying for an 8th season? Yes. Okay, then... You know, the analogy I always use when it comes to the world of Hollywood is sports, in that you might really love how your team plays between the lines, but for you to be um, a knowledgeable fan of your team, for you to knowledgeably root for your team, you also need to know about things like uh, new rule changes. You also need to know about things like the salary cap. And the free agent market and things like that that might not, that it's not as fun as the ball is thrown, who will catch it? You know, it's kind of nitty gritty stuff. This show is dead, period, the end. Finito. It, it died last August when uh, the production wrapped. Uh, it died again last October when visual effects wrapped and the, the, the post-production uh, came to an end and offices were cleared out, etc., Uh, does that guarantee that nothing will ever be touched from agents of shield again in the future of course not this is a show that at its core is about the character who joss whedon killed off you know at the end of avengers and i was like okay cool that's it uh and then it turned into something else to hope for an eighth season you know in a soundstage that was stripped to the bare walls by the way at a studio space that when all of the active productions agents of shield being i believe the oldest one there when all the productions finally finished up at that particular studio which was like a third uh a third party studio it wasn't you know the fox lot or the universal lot or the disney lot uh it was being sold and turned into condos you know props are being sold this fall uh as marvel does from time to time so the show is dead could there be something in the future? I mean, we really need to hope against hope because at the end of the day, Marvel Marvel Television is a division that has been shut down. A division I continue to, in all sincerity, argue that with you know, for all the wonderful things about Jeff Loeb, I think him needling Marvel Studios and him, Jeff Loeb, purporting to be, in his mind, in his presentation, the equal, if not the superior of that pipsqueak Kevin Feige, I think has probably done long-term damage to Loeb in terms of his working in the Disney infrastructure, etc. So you need to resolve that before there's Agents of Sword coming very soon to Disney Plus or something like it.
1: We have Coulson. We have May. Uh, we have some people who really, really wanted to see them end up together i don't think it's not that that couldn't happen or didn't happen but where the show chooses to leave them has some people really
0: vocal yeah and neither you nor i are in that bunch my heart goes out to some of our Longtime listeners and newer listeners, our our longtime online friends and newer online friends, my heart goes out to the concerns. I would say I think it's accurate to you know to say they have they have described feeling pain and outrage and upset and tears uh, at the ending here, uh, and not in a not in a good way. Not because we're saying goodbye w- with how the characters were were wrapped up, uh, in particular that that uh colson and may were not paired at the end to my mind i mean a feel what you want to feel certainly and and if that's if that's your truth i mean at the end of the day these are all fictional characters feel about them as you are colson and may uh being paired at the end or not you know is not going to have a, one way or the other it's not gonna have a real world impact like you know here's our nuclear test ban treaty or something like that yeah at the end of the day it's all feel how you want to feel no one can tell you otherwise for me i credit the show for saying we are going to take these people who have been together and we are going to unquestionably say their time as agents of shield or as the agents of shield their time has now concluded they might say but wait uh uh, mac is is Presumably, still the director, and Yo Yo is doing missions. Yeah, but our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., our core group, the end of the road has come because the episode count is up, because the ABC stopped ordering episodes, and so on and so forth. And unlike the perhaps superior season five finale, meant to be a series finale, unlike that, where there really was the end to be continued and the next S.H.I.E.L.D. mission is clear the you know zephyr one is going to space to rescue fits and and love shall be rewarded and all of that this really was saying the end of agents of shield and adventure continues out there in your hearts in your mind in a future show maybe in a one shot in a whatever but the end for now but the end
1: i feel bad for people who felt let down by the finale um i can't put myself in that group, but I've definitely been there before. So I empathize. Um, but, but you had these characters, you, you got them. Uh, they had their arc. It, it doesn't always end up the way that you might want it to or think it should. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, you look at, what you were given, what you uh, looked for with them. And, you know, that's the greatest joy that you get out of the the performance of characters by actors that you appreciate.
0: My heart goes out to to the fans <laughs> who feel that the fandom is fracturing over this. I mean, there, there's one sort of, you know, as we said at the top of the podcast, there's one sort of uh milestone where you know okay we're at the end. So you know this podcast will not be talking about new shield episodes after today, even though we do have, you know, future episodes coming. Like th- there is that end of an era type thing. Uh, the fact that there's a bad bad will from some people over the finale and then B, there's bad will over people having bad will or not having enough concern or or whatever. It, it's different, I think and this is what's very interesting about it. It, it it's different than other finales uh for example you know, like sopranos i think universally people would agree that was not good because it was unclear i think the counter argument is yeah but you didn't get it so we can kind of intellectually talk through you know it was the bullet or was there or whatever it was we can have a discussion there that's mind versus heart um game of thrones if you feel like hey they didn't they did not set up the conclusion that you gave me. You can have a discussion there, you know, whether they did, whether it's fitting, so on and so forth. I think with Shield, it's all heart. Like it is logical where they went. It also is logical if you argue, well, it should have been Mac and Yo-Yo and their kid, and it should have been May and and Coulson on a beach. Like the, there's there's almost less to argue about, and in a weird way, it ends up being more to argue about. The
1: agent in the safe house, uh, Brandon Gamble here, had a granddad in the SSR. It's shades of Agent Triplet. I just wish there would have been some way to bring B.J. Britt
0: back. I think that here's what I suspect, Pete. As they were working on this season, were some ideas like that thrown out? Uh, perhaps i mean look they went as deep as as susa right and they did time travel and they did alternate dimensions so there was tons of potential would the agents of shield experience and trips framework return and goodbye would that let alone the initial goodbye of trip in the in the real story existing as a real person within the within the mcu Would those have been less lessened if they came back with him this time? Maybe yes. You know, how much is that curtain call to look back over all seven seasons versus we've done redemptive, bittersweet curtain calls for Agent Tripp. We've done it uh, for Ward in that framework Ward, you know, got turned around and and so on and so on. Probably at a certain point they just said, we're dealing with the season six, season, season seven, arc most of season seven relies simply on season seven with a little bit in the season six finale and if we're going to reflect it's going to be on the whole experience or it's going to be on season seven we're not going to do much in between Uh, that's what i suspect the conversation was
1: the quantum realm matt emerging in this finale to reconnect shield to the marvel cinematic universe right
0: indeed and it's with a bit of glee you know the show frozen out of of infinity war and endgame and then needing to scramble and to kind of use to use the still ongoing debate of how exactly what exactly is the time travel in endgame and and you know uh the russo brothers have one thing about branch versus you know immutable timeline and the writers something else uh, you know Again, the the rivalry between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios is not mine, right? It's not my career on the line when when Jeff Loeb stood there at New York Comic Con and said, "And we've now made more hours of entertainment than the movies have." You know, it's not my neck on the line. Uh, so if they want to go back and forth, and if this was a If this was a way to take super established stuff to hammer home once and for all something that Jeff Loeb has been saying for seven years, that Jeff Loeb's Marvel TV is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and look, at the very end, what saves the day is the tools from the number one movie in the history of the world, to me, there's kind of added, uh, maybe justice is a tad strong, because at the end of the day I don't care, Marvel TV, Marvel Studios is not my fight, but it, it reaffirms, you know... The the man who shook my hand in Jeff Loeb and kind of could care that I was saying nice things to him. It reaffirmed everything he's been fighting for.
1: Always having nice things to say about us, Matt. And more than shaking our hands are the good people at Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek who keep us moving in terms of bandwidth, all the various and associated costs with running a family of podcasts.
0: The ability for our whole agents of shield podcast to be accessible out there on the internet that's made possible by the people who support us on patreon.com fantastic geek for this entire agents of shield experience and the other things that we podcast it's those patrons that that are a foundation for us as we're here week after week talking about this these great shows the highs the lows the introspection etc encrypted (laughs) transmissions Let's check the wire, Matt. We look at our Twitter poll, Pete. This getting more votes, I think, than we've ever had before in a Twitter poll. The choices, one, chronobomb, four point seven percent. Uh two, become one, uh, one point two percent. Three plus three endings, three point five percent, and then four shield forever, ninety point seven percent, almost ninety-one percent of people in this poll giving this finale episode a dual episode four out of four a bevy of tweets first one up from jt atkins It's at jta is me on twitter great finale while a series finale needs to tie up narrative threads which this did i think the primary mission of a great finale is to tie up character threads and leave the story with satisfying the story continues moments at the end this knocked it out of the park The fact that they aren't all together doesn't mean they can't ever be, so it's nice to imagine their further adventures and hope they pop up on Disney Plus or somewhere sometime. I'll save other kudos for your series wrap-up show. By the way, Pete, if I may pivot from JT's comment to a little uh, victory lap of my own, I had called for several weeks that the main threat would be wrapped up somewhere in the 10:30 to 10:45 range and that there would be enough time to say goodbye it certainly wasn't wrapped up by 10:30, but i'm glad that they didn't say and the chronicoms are defeated oh goodbye everybody they had the time for it to breathe uh next up we hear from eric pritchard that's at coach underscore pritch who says who is the chronicom that gave this episode one star uh sorry I missed the zoom but what a finish looking forward to your wrap-up good call on flint don't worry there eric we're gonna do another zoom Uh, what do you say pete tentatively before the end of the summer we'll try and get another one in oh absolutely um we heard from andre yeager that's at dr polo 1983 sorry missed the zoom call my bible study ran late pete andre with the right priorities there okay the good book first then zoom with agents of shield podcasters Uh, This ending was everything, wrapped up all the stories, tied it back to the original timeline, and brought in the multiverse. Great writing. I only wish we could have had Fitz more this season. Interesting point there, Pete. I wish there was more Fitz too, but the wait was worth it, if that makes sense. Like, I can't think of a better... If I will have missed him for all these episodes, and then he finally showed up in seven twelve, the wait was worth it, even though I wish we could have had him every week.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we joke throughout this seventh season, where is he? Who is he? Um, still haven't gotten any clarification in, in terms of what went on. Definitely had the emotional resonance for him to, to show up at the end there. But, you know, we're, we're fans of the character. We're fans of the actor. We want to see more of him.
0: Seeing how he was used, I now wonder if maybe it was like, maybe the decision was made at the, you know, the writing and producer level, like, hey, we have this great thing to bring you back. Hey, we literally don't need you. Hey, we're letting you go as a cast member. Here's the contract for the last two episodes, you know, which, which is not the choice I would have made, but, you know, show business, not show friends. Uh, maybe that's another option it's one that we have not discussed but pete back to the tweets here we heard from rose ferry who's anna rose 584 on twitter i thoroughly enjoyed
1: our uh our zoom meeting as well
0: she sure was yeah i'm so glad i rewatched some season one episodes first that helped me catch some of the throwbacks uh was the old man who came in late to the bar a howling commando pete i will throw that question to you
1: oh i mean Head cannon uh, has got to take you there, wouldn't
0: it? Uh, I would imagine so, yeah. Uh, a couple more tweets here from JT Atkins, who said uh, the season five almost finale was similarly upbeat overall, though certainly Colson's impending demise was bittersweet. This week's wrap up really delivered for every character on multiple levels. He says of the episode, I'd vote five stars if that was an option. Basking in the glow of great conversations. Uh, we also heard from Brian S. That's Brian O-E-N-O on Twitter. Brian with a Y, by the way. Emotionally, it hit everything we could have wanted. Special effects were feature film level. Story was satisfying. The little show that could sticks the landing. FYI, my Twitter handle reads like musician Brian Eno, but with wine, hence the mm-hmm. oh no. Um, <laughs> so there you go. I <laughs> At least uh, some some correction there after all these weeks. Uh, he concludes by saying hashtag Alia. Uh, We heard from J.C. The Mythic on Twitter. Empathy being key is critical. Uh, Gearhead on Twitter. I believe that's Greg Gear. Loved the ending. Very satisfying conclusion. Pace, action, emotion were all fantastic. Uh, We heard from David Siller. That's Siller David Poet on Twitter. It was a great comic book ending to a great comic book show. Everything you could ask for and some things you didn't know you could. All the feels, all the fights, all the fun no expectations except to see out the adventure and what a great 7 seasons it's been glorious and Pete i think david was the one in our zoom chat who made a point to say i am not placing expectations didn't he have the the um gymnastics analogy yeah yeah which which i actually carried with me into the episode his analogy folks was this he said and he was the first one to say he doesn't exactly know gymnastics terms nor do i but That like he wasn't looking for the triple axle, and then when they delivered a double axle, it would have been a letdown. When in fact, a double axle is really impressive, and I think that that's wisdom I'm going to carry with me for future series finales. Just in terms of again, like if you just back off and say, "All right, show you tell me," you know, I stand by not liking the Game of Thrones finale because I think I think that my expectation was to continue with the gymnastics thing here land on the mat and they instead were like you thought you were here for gymnastics uh we're jumping in the pool it's like well you didn't earn that but for david it was earned here uh some tweets from stuff happens that's uh k-c-l-y-l-e-1 on twitter what did i just watch possibly the greatest series finale ever Humor, action, great fight scenes, awesome special effects, old friends, even Lola, and an incredible blast meeting for us. Uh, Plus, although I don't think it will happen, they left the gang in positions where they could pop up in future Disney Plus shows or movies. I know, wishful thinking. Just so damn good. I'm going to miss the hell out of this show. I would have liked to see Deke again in that little snippet they usually have at the end. So there you go, Pete, talking about... um, I think as you had discussed, I must confess, whether it's on mic or off mic, there was discussion to do a Deke Deke 2020 tag scene, is that correct?
1: Uh, Yes, or at some point in the 80s and or 90s, it was pitched. um, So many masters to serve in terms of a finale and ultimately abandoned in terms of the, the greater story and character responsibilities they had
0: and i mean would it have been nice to see more of him i say yes that said deke in the 75 year future he ended up on top you know when we first met him deke in the 2010s he ended up tremendously on top with the gaming company and all the this that the other deke in the 80s ended up on top in the band like we know deke in the late 80s we know what that would look like it would have been the the 80s gordon gecko suit and wall street (laughs) or you know or or continue with the rock band deke in the 90s it would have been the sweaters in the 90s it would have been the same level of success so i think it's it's almost one of those things that is best in our in our hearts and not up on the screen um going back to stuff happens uh but it was fitting to go out on colson daisy and her crew should have their own show with that setup or colson academy so much future potential probably never to be realized but what we got that was pretty damn great what to do next week start the rewatch of course uh three more tweets here pete one from karina Wright. that's karina gw on twitter karina with a k uh it would have been dark but it should have ended with the snap so karina going out there with a bold a bold uh not exactly prediction but a, a bold alternate take Uh, tweet from sandra resedness Uh, that's sandra Resednis on twitter love the whole season finale was perfect and last pete marco hashtag agents of sword that's how he goes by at marco underscore m171 a perfect ending for a nearly perfect series the best series finale i've ever seen thank you agents of shield and the whole community for seven beautiful years the best There's still the possibility that the stories of Daisy and her other agents isn't completely over. Smiley face emoji, rock and roll finger emoji, Pete. So going out (laughs) here from Marco on a positive note. At least that's what they had to say on Twitter. High praise indeed to
1: Facebook, Matt, where Brooke Warzella writes in. I was sorry to miss the Zoom thing, but needs, must, and all that, so forgive me if this was addressed there. What did you do, study, etc., to hone your particular mad skills? I've caught that Peter was a sports writer, but that's about it. Your understanding of what ingredients make a perfectly told story and your familiarity with showbiz mechanics are just incredible, not to mention your savvy creation of a thought-provoking and deliciously addicting podcast. So what gifts? I'm hoping it's not a data port thing. I'm all sorts of grumpy with CERN about landing in this specific multiverse already data ports would be a bridge too far uh frowny face
0: well pete i uh speaking broadly i know for both of us we have you know we have educational backgrounds in uh you know in literature in in reading and writing and things like that then you add to it the just kind of pop culture appreciation of you know tv shows of the inner workings of hollywood things like that um and then add to it, you know, this is what, the 136th episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., let alone we podcast all these other things. I, I know, you know, as I've said before, for example, I'm not a finance guy. I don't follow, I don't watch CNBC and stuff like that. But you read enough, you go to the Deadline and Hollywood Reporter enough, you start to pick up some of those aspects of the industry as well. Um, good, bad, indifferent, things that are just mentioned in passing as, not insider secrets, but just kind of taken for granted as this is how it's done. So I think just it's it's through that interest in TV, in film, in storytelling in general. Throw a little technology in there, have a have a have a Skype connection, and here we are talking about this stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for myself in terms of my background. Uh, like Brooke mentioned, yeah, it came from journalism, but you know. <laughs> Make make the job that you want. And, you know, seven years ago, we start Fantastic Geek. We start with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, and that's turned into 19 podcast feed across not just Marvel, but the Star Trek universe. We've got Mandalorian as well. We're always uh, on lookout for what might might join that group there. We Watchmen in the last year was really a lot of fun um and never ever figured alone with my enjoyment of tv that i would begin writing tv and film as yet unproduced but you keep doing the thing and until you you find that break and uh yeah we're we're interested in this stuff it it doesn't feel like work to us in the hobby um There's a uh, there's a message I'm going to read from Facebook here about in a couple that, that talks about, you know, what we do in terms of how often we do what we do. And last year we had. A hundred fifty odd something podcasts, and this will be the first year of the seven years of Fantastic Geek that we don't have that many, <laughs> only because they haven't put out as much of the shows that we do that they ordinarily have. Uh, Marvel TV having you know hit a hit a, uh, a plateau and all, um, but thanks so much for the appreciation of of what Brooke refers to as our mad skills
0: pete i will just conclude uh with with, uh, response to brooks wonderful and 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 flattering comment there that it really is to a certain degree about stick with itness you know we said hey let's do this show hopefully it doesn't get canceled right away well here we are seven seasons and 136 episodes later and you know i'm I'm sure we have some some podcasts that aren't triple a plus uh, outings maybe it's only you know a++ plus, but uh, you know it's in humans. about finding <laughs> inhumans being one and humans forever being the show that on a certain level i think broke us both but um you know it it's about going out there and doing
1: Robert T Frost writes in to the Facebook page Matt and Pete i felt fantastic about the finale excited an emotional high a tear Best line goes to Enoch. My time with Fitz taught me to be an outlaw and I've become quite good at it. Heart emoji. Then came Friday. Please don't get me wrong. This is one of the best wrap ups I can ever remember and I'll enjoy rewatching again and again and again. However, I was surprised that everyone pretty much got their happily ever after in a fashion. Big stakes, but no real losses. One, yes, Deke did stay behind in the 80s, but director of S.H.I.E.L.D. by day, Rockstar by night, isn't so bad. Two, I did not like the Daisy Resurrection. I understand why they did it, but I don't have to like it. Three, what is Korra's power? Fireball? Energy beam? Electronics disruptor? Human frozen in space body defroster and jump starter? Four, then the biggie. The show completely disregarded the snap, just ignored it. Maybe ignoring it was the best solution, but it certainly left me puzzled and wanting. I am supposing the team to be in the original timeline, but when? Post-snap correction? Or is it even the original timeline? We have several characters pulled out of time. Korra, Susa, and Flint. So are we in a new timeline? Five, what happened to the Chronicoms? Are they living on Earth, observing, or did they fly off into the starry sky searching for a new home? Six, I love that Fitz was using the Quantum Realm. His helmet was very Aunt Manny ish. Well, let's just remember the helmet was Deeks from season five.
0: Season five, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and finally, in the category of spin off shows, wrong answers only, a Disney slash Marvel mashup, a new Saved by the Bell set at the Colson Academy, starring Melinda Malay and Flint. Till our next show, Your Friend bob
0: i think that among other things bob zeros in on a on a central uh, sin is the wrong word but a central um i'll say original sin although uh, let me say up front sin is too strong a word but baked into the baked into the start of agents of shield is that it's part of the mcu and by the end of it we know in the real world that they have not been that, – that the movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the other shows, we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that they have not been produced in the same um, – by the same people with similar storylines, et cetera. So I think that – I share Bob's questions and he raises good points. I think that it really – my best answer is it's the end of The Wizard of Oz, it's the power was in you all along the answer is inside you bob if you want agents of shield to be in the mcu at the very very end then the show says go for it if you want to make an argument that it's not because they're ignoring uh, arguably the biggest thing to happen in the history of humanity in the mcu which is the snap taking out you know billions of people and so forth um and if that doesn't make sense, that here they are one year later in, you know, assuming that these episodes are all kind of concurrent to when they're released, same thing with the movies, um, the one year later, well, not counting the one year later, because the one year later takes us to 2020 and discounting the five years later for the movies. Um, there they are, you know, yes, they've skipped over the snap and yes, we'll give the asterisk to season six that came out after the snap, but didn't know it because it was made before and the there's there's kind of no way to rationalize it it really ends up being if you want it to be the same it's the same if you want it to be different it's different there's not a story answer that can work yes or no
1: finally from facebook matt agent k writes in hi guys listen for years and never written in but with the series ending i simply had to speak up the finale I can't believe how heartbroken I am. This show is such a shell of its former self, and I think the best thing would have been had it been canceled at the end of season five, as was meant to actually happen. I know there are complicated forces at play, but I lay the blame for this debacle of a wrap-up squarely at the feet of the series' long-running villain, Jed Whedon. Wow. If he is not an actual Chronicom, I don't know who is. His choices for what happens to our beloved characters and where they end up are coldly calculated and baffling at best. We get it. You and your series show-running wife, showrunner wife, Marissa Tancharon, are Fitzsimmons. And even though this season had far more simmons than fits um everybody had disappointing outcomes the robotic nature of the decisions probably could have been predicted and i guess that's what hurts the most deke doesn't make the finale episode and just gets mentioned in the one year later actually that's wrong matt he was in the beginning of the finale episode Indeed, Yo-yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo-yo is running around. Mac runs shield, like he's been running shield. Daisy is off in space with her shoehorn sister from another timeline and her bow from another Marvel show. The wrong character to get brought back and made a regular cast member. And Felinda, my poor Felinda, why can't this show give them happiness? I wonder if it's because of the actor's ages. May becomes a teacher, really the last thing she would ever do or be equipped to do. And Coulson, he flies off in Lola, like he had before. So Jed forgot he had even done that with him before, but made it just, all caps there, different enough because Lola turned black what a metaphor for the series finale oh my goodness ouch and probably i suspect his heart (laughs) or whatever device replaced it long ago i want to seriously thank you guys i would have done it in person in your zoom wednesday night but to be honest i was just too nervous before the finale to attend I didn't know what to say, and my worst fears were realized. I don't know how you two have been able to answer the call so quickly and consistently for seven years. The other Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast either fell away or are still episodes away from the finale. That I know I can expect your podcast on Saturday, days after the series finale, when it still matters is really a source of comfort to me and a lot of fans out there in these really difficult days. You should be commended for having to cogently talk about this disaster, and I know you will do it a whole lot more fairly than I or any fan right now, regardless of their feelings on the finale. So thank you for that. You have earned a listener for life with all your fantastic geek podcast. And I consider myself a member of the family and they wrote pH family, Matt. So they got that there with great respect and a sad soul. Agent K.
0: Well, first and foremost, I, I I thank agent K, not just for the, uh, the honesty and not just for the, you know, taking the time and all of that, but, you know the to to talk of loyalty to us and sticking with us and and whatnot that that means that means so much uh in terms of answering the call i mean when we started doing this it started with the following premise a this will be fun to do for every episode uh b people that some people out there will want to listen to it every week and hopefully our 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 fun quotient uh you know is is always number 1 but in terms of the audience we know that people uh make you know make make subscribing to a podcast listening to a podcast they make that part of their part of their routine and i always say you know that space between your ears when you put those headphones on or when you're listening in the car that's a really that's a really intimate place to be and i don't mean that in a saucy way it's just you know you're in people's ears you're in You're you're having a conversation with them, even though the audience isn't necessarily talking back, but it's that, it's that back and forth conversation. So, I mean, if, if there are podcasts out there that aren't doing things in a timely manner, does life get in the way at times? Absolutely. And lately now more than ever, you know, life is a challenge from, it's a challenging world to live in. How about that? We all are being challenged by the world, uh, whether it's at, you know, uh, global or national or local or personal level. Um, but it's out of respect for the audience that we do carve aside the time that we do um, in, in a timely way. So that that much is very, very appreciated. But Pete, what are your thoughts from Agent K's uh, message there?
1: I mean, definitely thank you for the, the kudos there. When we said about this, it was, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. Uh, shortly after it airs, we're going to be uh, consistent in terms of how we do that. And low these seven years and 19 podcast feeds later, here we are. We know that not everybody's up to that. Some people attempt it. They don't do it as often or do it at all. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And the people who consistently turn out, I mean, the the agents of zoom thing, I I wish you could have been there agent K uh, just to see, you know, the, the faces to, you know, we've met some of them in real life, like uh, Jamie and, you know, others we've, we've heard voices before, but that was just a great experience in terms of doing that. And, you know, I I think more of those are, are definitely what the doctor ordered. Um, in terms of the the criticism, I I know you say uh, the the honesty here, the the candidness. I mean, geez, Matt, talking about Jed Whedon as a the word here is villain. Um, I I think that's a little much. Um, I mean, I was certainly surprised that uh, Mo and Jed did not script the finale together. Yes, they are Fitzsimmons, but this concept of um, Clark Gregg and Ming-Na Wen's ages somehow getting in the way of them romantically winding up together, as if that's not a thing on a network television show in a genre, um, that that seems a little far-fetched.
0: I think that in an area where you and I and our listeners uh, probably are least equipped to have, uh, to have direct insight is what is it like to be inside a show for seven or eight years? You know, I think back to pre-production on the pilot and things like that. And and this is not to necessarily say, you know, I I agree. The finale was a letdown. In fact, I, I would respectfully disagree, but I do think as we look at season six and seven it's coming from a production that thought it was done at the end of season five and it kind of was like all right 26 more episodes once once more into the breach dear friends that's not to say i I don't want to suggest therefore i conclude they were exhausted or therefore i conclude they did not care i I think that i think it's always one should always keep in mind when you are talking about the world of hollywood unlike most other other professions you're not you know it's never going to last forever even if you think of kind of professions you know like like uber driver or something like that where it might not be consistent at least you kind of at a certain point you have a sense okay i'm getting this much this much money this much amount of drives this much whatever it is you have a sense of of stability and i think that for as much as, look, none of us want to say, well, after seven years, I got fired from my job, all right? The head of ABC said, you can work for another year and a half, then you're fired. In most other professions, that would be terrible. I think in Hollywood, it's built in that you know there's going to be a certain, you know, burn the boats, you know, uh, assault the fields, and then go somewhere else to do something and to start fresh. It's just part of that industry, unlike most other industries. So, I think there's maybe a certain level where if this is not the finale that that Agent K wanted or, or some of our great followers on Twitter wanted, certainly own that feeling. But I think that the show... The show uh, this is going to sound disrespectful to those people. I certainly don't mean to suggest my disrespect for them, and I'm not even trying to suggest the show, the producers being respectful to them. But I think that the show stopped actively caring what does the fan base need slash want. And I think that the show when you when there was that season six, season seven renewal cancellation where you knew you had a beginning, you had a middle that was around Thanksgiving, where you went on a break, you had a January where season seven was going to start, and then you had an end last August when when uh you know active production stopped, the show cared about what the story of the show wanted to tell. Now if that didn't land with you uh i'm sorry and if that hurt you i don't think that that was the show's intention but for better or worse you had in you had at this ending here a show that did what it wanted to do and was not necessarily concerned with how's this going to play in in uh cameo meets how's it going to play at conventions uh you know in 2020 or post-covid or whatever how's it going to play in merchandising it was only the little show that could that has a dwindling audience out for one more time and here's the ending that that Marissa Tancherone and Jed Whedon and Jeffrey Bell, the three showrunners, along with their higher ups at Marvel TV, dwindling, though that may be, and the rest of the core group, that's the story they wanted to tell.
1: It's such a delicate line to attempt to navigate there are the fans that are your audience that vocal or not, they want to see certain things. And then there's the story you are trying to tell without outside influence. Um, Can the two sync up? They absolutely can. But there are times where, you know, people feel this should have happened. They go in a different direction uh the collaborative pro- process in the writers room is just with the writers with the producers the the fans are not actively involved in that the best writers rooms i think have the the fans as a as a surrogate as that you know uh, uh extra man off the the bench uh if we're going to go with a with a sports analogy here um it's tough though. And it's tough to please everybody. And as we said before, you know, I, I, I understand the full end of people and, you know, I've, I've, we've all rooted for ships at one point or another. Um, I, I, I feel for them I really do. And I, I wish there was more of a, of a happy ending for them. And they were uh, together and, and rode off into the sunset it, it's
0: just not the ending that they conceived here pete the last bit of feedback comes from our pal 084 via email who says as follows okay so that's two shield finales that have gotten me to tear up mm-hmm. the difference being that this one had me subtly wiping my eye in my office cubicle while watching on my cell phone i'll start with 712 since it's sure to get overshadowed i got to watch victoria hand shoot john garrett in the face which completed me i was a little confused by all the shield agents showing up at the 084s only because of the timing there were a few moments in the season where the time drive wasn't working so it's not clear how fitz and enoch were able to set everyone up to show up at the exact moment and enoch didn't plan on being left behind in 1931 so i'm not sure if uh if it was the enoch or one of the Fitzsimmons future that left all those devices but it led to a really cool reveal with Fitz coming out of a quantum portal so i'm not going to harp on it too much onto the finale and wow did they check all my boxes we all called deke staying back in the 1980s and they really did it w- uh, really well i think i wonder how screwed that timeline is going to be with him in charger shield his prediction that they'll see him again is dead wrong, considering the probability that the exact same reproductive cells uh, come together to make Alia the maid Fitzsimmons' daughter from the Lighthouse timeline, and the probability that the same thing happened with Deke's dad and the same thing with Deke himself. Put simply, that's the only Deke that will ever exist. And honestly, I love Deke, but one is plenty. The Quake-Off had some really great action moments, as did the battle with Coulson and May versus Sybil and the Hunters. And I love that they beat the Chronicom threat with May's empathy power in the end. And of course, there was the final 12 minutes, which I'd like to have just playing on repeat. I do love that Fitzsimmons got their happy ending with what seems like some science freelancing, uh, science-y freelancing sprinkled in. Mac and Yo-Yo get to continue fighting with S.H.I.E.L.D. along with Piper and LM Davis. Um, And I wonder what his family thought of that decision. Oh, well, it was a cool moment. Coulson gets a new Lola and a school named after him, with May seeming to be running the show, or at least a big part of it. And Daisy is starting Sword? At least I really hope that's what it was. I would have loved to see an agent in the background with green hair. And at first, I thought that was the new recruit they were talking about. Then I realized it had to be Cora, and I'm fine with that. Daisy has been my favorite MCU character. She started her journey completely alone and ended it heading toward adventure with the promise of family in more aspects than one. And if, those as- uh, if one of those aspects is a character that maybe could have been written better, it's not going to bring me down. A big thanks to the cast, crew, and showrunners who gave me my favorite show. Also thank you to Matt and Pete. I don't always agree with you guys when it comes to the quality of writing, but it's been an amazing ride hearing all your thoughts and being able to interact with them. I'm excited to follow your coverage on Marvel and star Wars and everything that's to come until next time. Pete that from 084.
1: Thank you. O84. I mean, again, this is a labor of love for us and we're just tickled pink that people love to hear us talk about this. Don't uh, expect you to always agree. Hope that you don't actually Uh, get those those differing opinions but uh again thanks for being along for the ride
0: well let's keep those opinions going again we're going to do a season seven wrap next weekend and then a series wrap the final weekend of august so pete how can people be in touch with you to talk about season seven of agents of shield
1: you can find me on twitter at peter K -K E T E L A A R. 11,420 followers can't be wrong
0: and while i'm personally on twitter is looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. check us out on twitter instagram gmail where we are fantastic geek as well but wait pete there's more
1: facebook.com slash fantastic geek with a
0: ph all
1: one word like it today
0: well for those listening on the pop culture podcast feed we will be back tomorrow to talk star trek lower decks i suspect pete that podcast for episode 102 might be a tad shorter than uh, one hour and 41 minutes which is where we're gonna land on this let's bad boy hope. here but let's hope indeed um but if you're here for shield again next weekend will be our penultimate episode for now though pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word I'm
1: going to take this opportunity in case I don't see you again to thank you for your service.